Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hi. Yes, it's Ayers on the Road. We have been burning the road up between Park City and Salt Lake City this week. And a little California thrown in. We should explain some, you know, we always assume uh, multi-many-year listeners. And for you new listeners, what does Ayers on the Road mean? Why do we call the show that? Well, it's because we travel too much, Linda. That's the bottom line. We're trying to cut back. I know. And actually, we we pass that on to our children. We had the most fun experience um, going down to BYU this week where our daughter and her husband, uh, while we held the baby, gave a class on world travel. And it was so interesting, so fun. We heard some things that we hadn't before. Most of it we knew. They took a round-the-world trip about six months after they were married for 80 days. They decided we we're going to plunge. They were both a little bit older when they got married, and they decided this is the time when they were going to really plunge into the world before they started their family. And I don't think they delayed their family because of that, but they were. <laughs> but they said that, actually, in the class. Um, but it was so fun to see what they had done in the short amount of time they married as far as travel and other things as well. This is the couple that lives in London. We have another son and daughter-in-law that live in Switzerland. Matter of fact, we're going around the world in April on a speaking tour, and we're going to stop um, at five of our nine children's homes on the way around. So that's pretty good when you can arrange it that way, and they happen to, to be evenly spaced around the globe. But back to the point, why, why is it called ours on the road? For so many years now, we've had the real privilege of being invited to speak here and there and everywhere. And that's really constituted most of our travel. And most of the speaking is to parent groups or to marriage groups. Actually, they're not groups built around parenting or marriage, but they're, they're corporate or association or groups schools. or schools or churches and, 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 our topic is always marriage and parenting and the best things in life. So what a treat for the last several decades to just travel and speak about the things we love and the things we think are the most important. I thought we should give that little explanation of why this is called Ayers on the Road. Right. It really should be Ayers in the Air, but it didn't sound <laughs> near as good. Well, I remember I'm thinking back on those old days when we were doing book tours. Um, every time we had a new book, this is the way they did it. They, they had, we had an agent who actually knew the media in a five or six cities, and we would just go from one city to the next and so on. And we were never gone more than uh, five days, I don't think. And we came home for 10 days, and then we'd gone for five days. And, and our kids... The publishers didn't like that very well. They wanted us to go on 30-day yeah. book tours. And we said, hey, wait a second. No, no, no. Do you realize we're writing parenting books? And do you realize we have nine children? And do you realize we can't leave them for more than three or four days in a row? I think five's the longest we ever did. So... The well, publishers would bite the bullet and they'd send us out for a few days and then back home. But those were the old days when that was the time when when every city pretty much had a morning show like Good Morning Oklahoma City or Good Morning Newark, New Jersey or whatever. And we'd go talk about our books on those shows. And those days are over. Publishing is a little different now. And, and most of the shows are national. And we had the chance to 
to do a lot of national shows, as many of you know, including Oprah and Donahue and the Today Show. And it was a fun time oh, in our man. life. Those were the old days. You know, I remember um, when people would say, oh, and a lot of times I was pregnant. We didn't have nine when we started. We oh, that's had true. three yeah, when we started. Usually, uh, not usually, but a kind lot of, of times I was pregnant. a good visual aid when you were pregnant. On well, they used course. to say, oh, aren't you so exhausted? Oh, my gosh, how can you be doing this? And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you are providing a car to run me around and food and beautiful things and a bed that somebody else makes. Oh, my gosh, this is heaven. And the kids didn't care much because... As long as we hired a babysitter, like usually a young couple with a baby, if they had a baby, then they were okay. Then our kids were happy, yeah. That sounds we crazy. Get a, but. We get a new, we get a rent-a-baby for a few days, you know. <laughs> By the way, this is not the subject for today, but while we're on it, um, don't be afraid, parents, to, to take off as a couple and have a little vacation or have a little trip or have a little outing. Don't, you know, we run into couples every once in a while who feel guilty every time they leave their kids with a babysitter. And you shouldn't feel that way. In fact, actually, that is kind of a segue into what we're going to talk about today, because how you deal with your marriage has an enormous effect. In fact, it may be the biggest single factor affecting what kind of parent you are and how your kids are doing. And, and so I think that is a good segue, Linda. Go out and take care of your marriage. And then, secondly, take care of your parenting. We had the most interesting experience recently. We may have mentioned this just in I think passing we did, on the actually. show. You know, we asked a big group of, of parents, what do you work the hardest at, your parenting or your marriaging? And marriaging is an interesting term. It sort of shows that we don't have, that we don't, we don't approach it as, seriously as we do parenting but everyone in the room said that they worked harder on their parenting than on their marriaging and the second question we asked is is that a problem and they all said yes because most people realize that you take care of your marriage first and then you take care of your parenting and that the two are inexorably linked and you know i always like to use the the metaphor of the uh the flight attendant on the airplane who says, you know, if the oxygen mask is dropped down, first put one on yourself, then put one on your child. So first take care of your marriage, put an oxygen mask on, on marriage, and then when that's healthy and safe, then your parenting will work a lot better and will go a lot better. Well, I, the problem is that the kids are the squeaky wheel. You know, they're so needy. And I've said this before, too, but when we had our ninth child, I remember specifically saying, no, Richard, I have nine children. We have nine children. I can't have ten children. You've got to take care of yourself. You've got to buck up here. And actually, he did. But well, actually, that was, that, that was wrong. That was wrong. <laughs> that, I admit that was wrong. I mean, really. And I kept telling you that was wrong, that I should be your first priority. <laughs> <laughs> but... But you have to really make it be together. Sometimes parents try to solve things on their own or the husband, often the husband's gone. When we were just newly married with two little kids, we had, um, there were a lot, well, you had a job. We were in Washington, D.C., and you had a job that required you to be away from home four days a week. So you were gone from Monday to Thursday. And then a lot of you listening probably identify with this, uh, doctors, lawyers, all of those uh, who have jobs, consultants, and so on, who have jobs that require that you be away from home. 
So those days were kind of crazy. And we had to actually set a time when we would talk about what was going on in your life and as well as my life. We had to schedule meetings with each other. Yeah, it was it was pretty crazy. And the funny thing was, I just got things all organized by Thursday. And then you came home and said, I'm the fun guy. Let's go have fun. I mean, I'm the, I out there standing with the whip. No, the kids. kids. <laughs> I mean, that's what it looked like to me because, you know, I was I had been struggling with the kids all week and a lot of deals. Well, that I've I been struggling a little myself, you know. Well, true, but, but still. Those, those were interesting days. But again, the, the title, as we kind of work our way around to it, as we usually do each week, the title of today's show is how your marriage affects your parenting. And, and you know, the interesting thing, Linda, is the, the arrow sort of only goes one way. I mean, I think everyone would agree that how hard you work on your marriage and how well your marriage is doing has a positive impact on your kids and on your parenting. Everyone can sort of see that connection. It isn't always true the other, other way. Unfortunately, we, we run into a lot of couples who are really working hard at their parenting but not very hard on their marriage. And the fact that they're doing pretty well as parents doesn't necessarily translate into the fact that they're doing well in their marriage. So again, the, the point, you know, putting the marriage first, putting your spouse first. I remember a time when uh, I was with our little daughter and uh, uh, we were having a little daddy date and I was saying to her, you know, Shawnee, I really, I love you. I, I love you more than anyone except your mom. I love your mom just a little bit more than I love you. And she kind of teared up and thought, how can you love anyone more than you love me? I think she was seven years old. But then we talked about it. And by the end of that little talk, she was beaming because there's nothing that makes kids feel more secure and more sort of stable and happy than to know that their parents love each other. I mean, that gives them this wonderful feeling. By the way, there's someone working on our roof today. If you yeah, We're out in a Utah house where there was so much snow, <laughs> and we've had water damage, and our roof has fallen off. If you hear some pounding, some hammering, I don't know if that, I just heard some hammering, and that's just a nice person up on the roof, working on the roof. But anyway, back to the point, Linda, don't you think it's, you know, one of the cliches we repeat often, we don't often get into cliches, but one that we really love and that we talk about a lot is the simple one that says the best thing, if you're talking to a man, the best thing you can do for your children is to love their mother. If you're talking to a woman, the best thing you can do for your children is to love their father. There's tremendous security. Now, Linda, let me ask you a question. Does that mean that if you have a disagreement and your children see that you disagree with each other as a couple. Is that bad parenting? Is that, is that something that you should feel guilty about? Um, what do you think? I mean, remember the, the little gal that came up to us not long ago at a speech and she was so distressed and so worried. And she said, I don't know what I'm going to do. My husband and I have been married for only a year. And last night we had a fight. And I, I said, really? You went a whole year without having a fight? You're amazing. She said, she said, oh, well, my parents never fought. They never disagreed. And I said to her, well, 
they hid it from you. <laughs> right, exactly. <clears throat> and I think there's, um, I don't know if you could know a couple that disagreed on how to do things more than us, but I think it's really good. It's fine for if your kids know that you disagree, but boy, do they need to see you make up. Otherwise, they're going to say, oh, divorce. My parents are getting divorced. And we realize that a lot of people out there have been divorced. And this is a whole um, different issue for them because it's really hard um, if you've been through a tough divorce to be able to come up with children who still have really healthy marriages themselves. So we're going to actually talk about that during the next segment. We had an interesting dinner last night with some friends um, who, whose parents were tough. And so we'll, we'll pick that up. Well, but I want to say a couple more things before we go to break, honey. We've still got a little time left. And I, I think the, the whole point of today's show is how interrelated your marriage and your parenting really is and how how much one affects the other and and on the point of you know whether you should ever let your children see that you disagree um it it's it's okay to be honest enough to let kids know that hey mom and dad don't always agree on everything we have to work things out we have to sometimes have discussions we sometimes find ourselves in in real disagreement as long as those kids who see the disagreement also see the reconciliation. Then they're really learning. Then it's the real world. And and talk about it. Be verbal about it. Say to kids, you know, mom and I are both strong-willed. We both have opinions. But occasionally we disagree, but we always work it out. And that's the best thing kids can hear. <clears throat> so we're going to be back in just a minute to talk more about this really interesting um, subject. Right back after this break. Ayers on the Road, parenting in a modern world. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we're back on Ayers on the Road for the second segment of this program on how your marriage affects your parenting. Now, we realize that a lot of people listening probably have gone through a divorce or their parents have gone through a divorce. And actually we had such an interesting dinner with some friends last night who have quite an amazing marriage considering where they have come from. Um, this, we won't say too much about it or divulge who it was, but, um, this poor mom had a mother who was bipolar and who was totally off the grid. I mean, not her whole life. I'm sure she was a good mother as a young Well, mother, the point but... is the guy almost didn't marry her because he thought, uh, you know, if you want to see how your wife's going to turn out, look at her mother. <laughs> He's like, oops. <laughs> he was pretty worried. <clears throat> so, um, but and those are really big issues. You come to a marriage with baggage, no matter what. And I'm so grateful for my baggage. My parents were older when they married. My mom was 38 and my dad was 50. Um, well, they were lucky to 51. have you. I was lucky they got you into the world. Uh, this was a second marriage and my dad's first wife had died of cancer. My mother had never married. And um, it was just such an interesting combination. She was a total type A and he was a total type Z. By that, I just mean he was <laughs> so laid back and so kind and loving. And I've never she even was heard of a type C before. Wow. The whip. 
Um, but but it was a really good marriage. And um, I mean, I'm sure it could have been better. It was a different era and so on. But um, I love my parents and what they taught me. But everybody comes with their baggage. Well, and the thing, the thing again, I want to get back to the what I think is really the underlying point, the main theme of today's show, and that is that children, the, the, the healthiest perspective that a child can have, and I'm really oversimplifying this, but you'll get the point, is that, hey, my parents love each other. They're, they're each strong. They're each unique. They each have their own personalities. They each have their own opinions on things, and they, they, they disagree at times, but they always work it out. If a child learns that, if he sees it in your home, then then that child is really prepared for his own marriage. And, and he has a realistic uh, idea of what marriage is and, and of how it can work. And, and I think parents don't communicate enough to their children about their relationship as parents. And I think what kids need to hear that kids need to hear, hey, I love your mother more than anything. And we, you know, and and they also need to understand the sanctity and the importance of that relationship. It's interesting that, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of dads, for example, will will hear a disrespectful answer of a child to the mother and say something very firm and very deeply felt kind of a righteous indignation. You cannot talk to your mother that way. And that's good. I mean, that's that's an honest response. But we've found that it's much more powerful when the dad says, hey, you may not talk to my wife that way. Think of the difference between that. You may not talk to your mother that way or you may not talk to my wife that way. In other words, kids need to kind of grasp and understand that their mother is also your wife. And even that's the first relationship. When kids see that and feel that, that really sets them up in life to have an amazing and a wonderful marriage themselves someday. So um, work on that. Think about it. Marriage first, parenting second. Well, I have to say that we were with a little family in California this week. And... um, it's not a little family, actually. They just had their sixth baby, and number six is there. Number five had open heart surgery last year. And this as a is our, our son and his wife. Our son, Noah and Tristy. And uh, it was so interesting to note their parenting uh, style. They are just really terrific parents. And I think those kids are all going to have healthy um, relationships in marriages because they model it so well, not without problems, because every single child has a different personality. Um, it is, I mean, their oldest son is just um, not athletic, <laughs> as his father would wish. <laughs> as his father was. He's purely a brain. He's Einstein. And uh, of course, they're, they're handling all that so well. But th- there's parenting going on 24-7 in that house. And it's so interesting to see how they work things out and uh, how their personalities have come to that household through their their parents. It's just so fun. Well, and they all I, I think the point you were making is that those kids, they understand 
how important their parents' relationship is. And they understand that their parents are going to go on a date once a week and that they're going to be the oldest son now is old enough to babysit while, while the mom and dad go on their date. And, well, actually, and they see their parents work things out all the time. And I, I just think that's it's honest, it's truthful, it's real, and it's it's healthy. It really is. And, in fact, their parents just went to Hawaii for a dear best friend's wedding. And um, they how they worked it out was really interesting um, because they are gone uh, off and on. We have some families in uh, our family group that leave a lot and spend a lot of time with each other. And not a lot, but, you know, more than others. And then others just um, are pretty amazing because they just are pretty homebound and they're home a lot. Well, let's use this little family as an example. And, and we're a little prejudiced toward them because they're our kids. But, uh, you know, and, and I'll tell you one thing, speaking as a grandparent now, there's nothing more gratifying than to see your children doing a better job as parents and as marriage partners than you did at their Amen. age. That, that's what makes yeah. you really, really happy. But using this family as an example since we've just been with them, it is so interesting that uh, they have kind of a, you know, because their lives are busy and they have these six kids, they, they find, as we did and as most couples do when they really work at it, that you have to schedule certain things. So they have a weekly date. They have a, they have a meeting on Sunday just as a couple. And they tell the kids, look, we're having our parents' meeting, our marriage meeting now. You need to be quiet or, you know, read a book or do something. Don't bang on the door and Don't say bang somebody on the hit door me. Because yeah. we're having our meeting as a couple. That's important to us. And when we're done, we're going to have our meeting with you, our weekly family home evening, our weekly meeting. And so what are the kids saying? Well, they're saying, hey, mom and dad are still in love. They go on these dates once a week. Mom and dad have this meeting with each other where they work on their marriage and on how they're going to handle our family. Then they have the meeting with us as the kids and we see their unity and we see that we're part of something that's really stable and strong and talk about a recipe for secure kids. That doesn't guarantee that kids won't have problems. It doesn't, you know, we always preach that, you know, kids come as who they are and most families have at least one really, really difficult child and there's no no magical silver bullet that gets you past that. But I think more than we usually realize, Linda, how hard you work on your marriage has a, a profound effect on the security and safety and sort of well-being of your children. So a lot of times when, when people say, well, how do I get better at parenting? Step number one, get better at marriage. Well, we don't want you to think that all of our families are just living in sunshine and roses. No, we do want you to think that. No, we do not, because <laughs> there are always issues. And, you know, sometimes the wife is totally on with, oh, I love to have a meeting every week with my husband and tell, you know, having um, this coordinating effect together. And sometimes it's just too much for husbands. They're just not going to do it. That was the probably we did a, re, um, a speech recently with questions answer at the end. And and this one mother said, you know, I would really want to do all this stuff. But my husband is, you know, not on board. Actually, she said my friend's husband 
isn't on board because her <laughs> in-laws were sitting at the same table. <laughs> she says, no, it, it isn't my marriage, but I just know that people are really struggling, women especially, to try and get men involved. And you are so involved. Well, um, by the way, parenthetically, that, that's, that's one thing we always have a private joke and laugh about whenever we do parenting meetings. Um, so many of the questions are prefaced by, now, this isn't, I'm not asking this for myself, but I have this uh, this friend that has this problem. Right, <laughs> right. And we give him a license to do that. But um, what about that? I mean, you, you can't even comprehend that because your life is meetings. You came out of the Harvard Business School. Everything has to be business at our house. We have executive sessions on Sunday. We have middle <laughs> management sessions with the older kids and, you know, just all kinds of uh, business terms. But everybody's not made like that. What, what do you say about that? Well, I mean, that's why we do this radio show. That's why we go around and speak. That's why we do pretty much everything we do. It's because we're trying to influence parents and marriage partners to prioritize their family relationships. And, and frankly, you're right, Linda, a lot of, you know, it, it's interesting. There's still the vestiges from a couple of generations ago where the dad was not that involved. He was the breadwinner, whatever the heck that term means. He was out doing the career and the mom had all of the responsibility for the kids and the family. And you know, I, I say good riddance to that era. You know, none no, of our none too. of our kids live like that. So many of of uh, young married people today have equal partnerships. They really share the parenting load uh, much much more than they used to. We've got a couple of sons who I'm, I'm sure change the diapers more than the, their wives do, and I think that's a wonderful wonderful thing. So you know. What what I say to dads who say, well, I'm just not that involved with my marriage and my parenting. I say, wake up because you will wake up at some point and realize that all these other busy things you were doing were not nearly as important as being an active, proactive member of that family by working on your marriage and really working on your parenting. Well, we're getting close to the end. So I just have to close with a little story about a young mother that came up to me after a meeting not too long ago. And she said, you just have to hear what my nine-year-old said to me yesterday. I said, oh, what? She said, she said, mom, how hard is it to be a mom? She said, it took my breath away. I didn't know how to tell her how hard it was to be a mom before I even got a chance to say anything. She said, mom, sometimes is it just so hard that you wish you were a dad? <laughs> So what's the point that's kind of that of a story? Mean story? Because you're saying, you know, the dads and the dads, uh, hats off to our dads now. You just said it. They're more involved than they've ever been. But man, the buck stops with that mom. We know where that buck usually stops. You know, we have families that are really co-parenting and really involved 100%. But others, they're just, the jobs are so demanding that they just aren't there all the time. So it's even more important to set aside time to really work on your marriage. Well, and I think that's a good place to end, Linda. You know, the, you know, the old Socratic saying, the unexamined life is not worth living. Let's apply that to our families. The unexamined marriage the untended, uncultivated, unimproved, unworked on marriage is probably not worth living. I mean, that's pretty strong, but we have to work on these things. And it's the same with parenting. They don't just happen. 
We can't be reactive parents and reactive marriage partners. We've got to set goals, set plans, set schedules, and prioritize these family relationships. They will outlast any of the other things that we're working on. So we just wish you the very best for your marriaging, and we'll see you again next time on Ayers on the Road. Have a good week.